Hear now the words of the witches. The secrets we hid in the 90s and aughts. Vintage TV is invoked here. The great work of magic is sought. Bring us your powers, you sisters three. Wait, 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 wait. Are we doing witchcraft? No, bitch, it's a podcast about charm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Yujun Zulu. Hello, I'm Nick Probst. And this is... The Podcast of Shadows. So hello, Nick, and it's just Nick. Hello, me, John. <laughs> it's just Nick today. I love it. Just Nick today. You are just embracing your true self. Mm-hmm. It's me, and I'm enough. <laughs> oh, my God, I totally need to hear that today. I had, like, just the worst callback, and it was just... Oh, no. Ugh, I woke up. My voice is crap. It's been feeling like crap lately. I warmed up. It was feeling kind of wonky. I get there, they kind of threw mm-hmm. a slight curveball at me because I was just preparing like all this material and they were like, sing from your book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I not even warmed up for that. <laughs> so I went and I did Ugh. it. And then it just, uh, it was just, it was just not what I hoped. <laughs> and we'll see how yeah. that. That's a bummer. Uh, That's not fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm so bad at auditioning. I mean, I need to get into the habit, even if I'm not trying to go out for a role or anything, I just need to do mm-hmm. it, sign up for them and just do it to get it under my belt, just because I get so nervous yeah. that I can't calm yeah. down. And then I just, I, I just can't do it. So I just have to get used to doing that. But I mean, I'm sure it wasn't as bad as you thought, because you're very talented. I guess so. <laughs> What pisses me off is that I just had, like, the weekend of, like, some of the best performances ever. Like, I had wow. four shows this past weekend. The first the first couple, mm-hmm. first three went well. And then I sang at Lincoln Center, had a huge solo. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's the best, one of the best I've ever sounded. Um, but, of course, at that point, wow. my voice was exhausted, stayed out, had a glass or two of wine, woke up the next day, had a great performance again. And then my voice has just been so tired ever since. That it's just like, you know, I'm like peaking and the valley is just, it's like I peaked yeah. and then went crashing down like, <laughs> like, like that Malaysian airplane that riding like disappeared high. over the Atlantic. <laughs> uh-huh. Riding the high and then, bye. Yeah. Yeah. And in all my practice sessions, like everything was sounding kind of good. And it just, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, here's lesson learned. If you are nervous about something, just embrace it and just, mm. you know, it's it's almost like when you get into cold water, you just got to mm-hmm. get wet. Yeah. Just get wet. Dive in. Yeah. So let's dive into the podcast because it's... Uh, let's do it. This, <laughs> this episode is... It's it's quite interesting. I actually... I don't... I think it's like my state of mind. I was so annoyed. <laughs> mm. It was... Uh, it was... It was a lot. Um, I I think I maybe some feelings about uh, old exes came up. Mm, um, I see that. Yeah, and like trust issues for sure. It was heavy on that for sure. Yeah, and I think just trusting the wrong people, which is easy to do because when it all, I mean, it's it's a situation. I think of rose tinted glasses, rose colored glasses. Oh yeah, and then when they get ripped off, and how different things can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to get into all of that um, as per usual. It's just the two of us because we're, you know, we're we're bringing it home. Yeah. You know, just 
Just family today. Just fam. <laughs> Mind you, I said the same thing when I was like, it's just UCB family when Phoebe was on the podcast. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Fam- family's relative. <laughs> it still is. Just a smaller, a smaller version of it. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> so let's dive into it and we'll we'll see you on the flip side of this episode guys and we're back all right hello hello so interesting episode today it's called feats of clay which oh now i get it because the guy's name is clay and they're looking for an urn which is made out of clay exactly little uh little entendre there oh that's dumb <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute little connection mm-hmm. but like it's also like just so dumb like they could have given him any other name yeah it's it's goofy it almost is like they just wanted to do that so that's why they named him that yeah and but also clay is the name that i feel like you give it's it's not even like just a douchebag like mm-hmm. it's like the most stereotypical of like quarterback ladies man uh, leather jacket, you know, just talks a whole bunch of bullshit to women when he hits on them. And then he gets some of them, of course, but like, mm-hmm. he's just like the worst type of man. Like, Clay's the guy you date before you actually meet the love of your life. And yeah, who shows you all the things you don't want. Yeah, he like cheats on you. He takes you to bad places. He makes you pay for dinner. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Uses your credit card. Like that's a clay to me. Yeah, definitely. Like that's so his type. And like there definitely is a point in this episode where Phoebe does pay for him. And it's like, what is wrong with you? You're an archaeologist. What are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. Is there actually a point when they go out to lunch and then she pays for lunch? Yep. She stops him and is like, no, 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 no. I got it. Oh, wow. That's just ironic. Not ironic. That's like the wrong use of the word, but it's like, it's just uncanny. (laughs) Well, it's just like, okay, sometimes in a TV show, a character Mm. is so stereotypical, like you just can't seem to get your head around it. And like, this is one of those Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. He just plays right into it. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) it's not just that, that just like, caused me to be like what the hell is going on with this tv show the beginning was just so bizarre we get a couple shots of egypt and then all of a sudden we're just at a mansion mind you that mansion could be anywhere right when they walk inside like it doesn't really feel very egyptian not that i've been to egypt but i used to live in africa and i just felt like like the dirt outside of the mansion was wrong Mm -hmm. unless it was like really well taken care of in which case, there would have been guards, like, outside the mansion. Like, you can't just, like, walk up to a house like that in the third world um, or the second world as whichever, you know, position Egypt would have fallen under mm-hmm. during that time. You really just can't walk up to a place like that. There would be a, a huge <laughs> wall. There would be men with guns, you know. Like security, yeah. Like, security would have weapons that could kill you <laughs> and apparently they just they somehow get into the compound and because that that type of house exists in a compound that's not a house on the side of the street and also no one has a house on the side of the street everyone has walls mm-hmm. so they get into a compound and the way that they get in is to break a window and that triggers an alarm like i mean at this point in the 90s i honestly i don't think that there would be an alarm uh really um and if there were there would be like people that worked in a house that large. They wouldn't just be undisturbed 
like in walking in, like the housekeeper might be cleaning something. Mm. It was just, it was very strange. And then when they, um, because obviously the big storyline in this episode is that like there's an urn that's Egyptian and it's cursed by this, it's not even a demon. It's like a guardian. Yeah, it's not, it's not evil, really. It's just like fulfilling its purpose, it seems like to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very rigid, but so it can seem evil at times, but mm-hmm. it, it's principle. It's like a gargoyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the urn is just there to protect itself. But as soon as this woman gets revealed, I'm like, this is just Liz Taylor's doppelganger dressed up as Cleopatra. Yeah, I know. It's a white woman. It's <laughs> supposed to be this, like, guardian of this urn. And it's like, what are you doing? It just drives me crazy. <laughs> I was like, you couldn't find one semi-Middle Eastern-looking person. I mean, not that Egypt... Well, Egypt is kind of the beginning of the Middle East, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. It's, I mean, there's a lot of crossover there. I mean, and, and, at least from what I've understood. It's like, because they are borders to each other and things like that, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I grew up with friends who were Egyptian, who were Algerian, who were from Lebanon, um, who were mm. people from Israel... Um, I mm-hmm. went to international school. You know, I met a lot of people from that region, and this woman mm. looked like none of yeah, them. Yeah, oh, totally. From the shape of her body, from the, from the makeup, from yeah. just just everything. And I was like, look, you can dress them up like one of the most famous depictions of Egyptians in a movie populated mostly by white people with a tan, mm-hmm. but that does not an Egyptian make. And they didn't even give her a tan. So, like... <laughs> I know. I mean, like, which is, in in one way, it's like, okay, good. They didn't, like, darken her, which is horrifying. I know, right? But at the same time, it's like, did you not think to be any sort of accuracy at all? Because white people didn't exist there at that time in this way that they would have these artifacts or be the spirit of a guardian of this magic urn. Like, it wouldn't have been... A white-looking person. Like, that's that's bonkers to me that they, they didn't even try to, like, go that extra mile of... I mean, and not even an extra mile. Bare minimum <laughs> of just trying to have someone represent what would have actually been. Not at all. And I, and, and, and I guess one way that we could look at it is that, okay, maybe the reason for this is that um, they just didn't have the, the manpower, you know? Yeah, maybe so. Or nobody in the room saying, hey, maybe we should do it like this. Yeah, or it's just such a short scene. They're like, we can't really invest in the casting for authentic looking Egyptian people, which I'll give you budgets are hard, but they still found people and they could have shot totally and they could have shot this completely differently. They could have just shot. They didn't need the whole breaking in scene. Mm -hmm. They just could have shot the scene with them stealing the urn. And then there could have been an alarm go off. Mm-hmm. And then they all split up. One guy gets left behind. You kind of hear scuffling. Still no people are in it. And then, like, the um, the the Guardian could have been CGI. You don't need a person for that. Right, right. Well, maybe back then, the CGI wouldn't have been as good for it, maybe. I mean, but at the same time, I don't know if there's much of an excuse. I guess back then, the, the CGI wouldn't have been as good. But still, they could have done more. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, but what I <laughs> uh, back to back to Clay. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I want to nickname him something, but like uh, 
we cut to this like really cute restaurant scene with like Phoebe mm. and Piper and Piper's learning how to control her powers and she's using it to help Doug and uh, <laughs> Sophie. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, but it's like two of the staff members who like have been dating but have been having trouble. They just broke up. He's all nervous. So Piper, in a nice way, is like helping other people. Yeah. Uh, and like and like mentions, yeah, that she's like kind of getting better at undoing the freezing and like releasing mm-hmm. it, which is exciting. Yeah, I think the girl's name was Shelly, perhaps? Doug and Shelly? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Shelly. And, uh, whoa. <laughs> Apparently the girl that plays Shelly in this episode is known for the Candyman. Oh no, oh, those like scary movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to like the Candyman because it was like a black horror mm. character. Right, right, right. I've actually, I've never seen it, unfortunately. I've watched some videos about it, but uh, like on YouTube. Yeah. Um, cause I love watching like horror mm-hmm. movies, like people talk about horror and stuff, Yeah, but I've never seen the movie. Candyman's amazing. Cause like the whole premise is that this guy was in love with a white woman and then they killed him by hanging oh, him, I believe. But they Oof. also like, oh, they covered him. Not only did they hang him, but they covered him in honey. And then, so he got attacked by bees. Mm-hmm. So now his signature is that like, he'll, you know, he kind of stalks you like the woman, like that little girl from the ring. Oh. But, the, but the bees always come and attack you as well. And uh, he, for some reason, he always has like a, a sharp crowbar, kind of like Captain Hook that he also likes to kill people with. Mm-hmm. Can't remember how that gets worked into the narrative, but maybe he gets killed with that. So it turns out that, you know, he was having, uh, he's like hunting down the family that killed him. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he, you know, he did have sex with this white woman. So he's also kind of hunting down his, like, descendants. Because he, like, I think one of them is, like, actually his, like, great-great-great-granddaughter. Mm. So he doesn't necessarily want to kill her, but he kills everything around her. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That's dark. <laughs> it's dark. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's good. It's good. It's good horror. Um, and it, and it, and it kind of like tackles slavery. So, you know, like it's, it's like, it's a horror with a message. Like, look at the, the, the wounds that we've left on society and, uh, uh, and, uh, honey school. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so back to Clay. So obviously Clay is there stealing the urn. His friend gets killed by a spider. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, 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 I think it's a little bit silly, but I mean, Hey, the curse is going to manifest how it's going to manifest. No, no, no. It, it, it's not just silly. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. uh, I, I think when we had Phoebe on the podcast, she talked about how sometimes people are good at acting like they're being struck by magic and mm-hmm. sometimes they're bad. And mm-hmm. this is a movie where it is very bad. Where it's bad. Uh, <laughs> both, both men die, um, from bug bites, uh, or it's, uh, it's, I guess a scorpion is a, re- a reptile? No. No, oh no, it's an arachnid. Oh, an arachnid. Okay, so the both men die of arachnid injuries, mm. but, um, you know, it's not even like a big spider or a big scorpion, it's like just the one. And they just kind of freak out when it gets put on their body, yeah. and then they fall under the weight of an arachnid, which is not that much. And then they just... Oh, no, it's, it's a super heavy magic arachnid. 
uh, but then they just like lie over and scream until they die. And then it doesn't even yeah. really look like they're being bit. It's like, like the yeah. animal's just crawling up. Yeah, mouth. it's well, because uh, scorpions sting. That's like they're, and not all of them are poisonous, but this one, I guess, must be because it's magic and extra evil. Yeah, she, so she, yeah, she pulls it out of her brooch, puts it on him. He's so scared, apparently, that he falls backward onto the bed, mm-hmm. and it's just. <laughs> like yeah. insane. He doesn't. He doesn't try to swipe it off or anything, or yeah. like roll around yeah. or anything at all. It's just he's so petrified that he freezes up, and yeah, and then it stings him in the neck. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is the limitations of uh, um, shooting with real animals because <laughs> he, like, I guess he couldn't flail around for fear of oh. killing it, but like. Well, no, but that it is CGI. It's that is fake. It's and so I guess that would be part of why he couldn't swipe it off rather than than like hurting a real scorpion because he would his hand would be in the way and they probably had no way to like make it look like oh if his hand is in the way it's going to be harder to put the scorpion there or yeah okay so I I assume that's probably why it's just that it ends up looking so silly yeah oh my god anyway so yeah so he dies. Uh, And then Clay's given the urn that he knows very little about, but he, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he runs away to try and sell it. And of course, for some, okay, I believe in keeping in touch with exes, but, you know, when I really Mm -hmm. think back to the 90s, like, keeping in touch with people was hard. You would have to write them a letter, or you would have to call them. Um, So I do think that it's super funny how, you know... Even if Clay knew, because Clay is like Phoebe's ex-old boyfriend, um, even if Clay knew that Phoebe's sister worked at a museum, it's really funny that he knew that she had moved from the museum to working at an auction house. Like, that's a big career shift. Um, Oh, yeah. And it's just weird that Phoebe would mention it to him, either via a letter or a phone call. uh, if she mm-hmm. was so broken up with him, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, yeah. It's like there's there are unanswered questions on like how does he know all this? Because uh, yeah, it's it doesn't it's not clear to me. I know. And then, um, <laughs> but it's just for the, for the sake of the story, for the sake of the progression of the urn, it just has to be I, this way. So. I know. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is that when he when when she opens that door. And she looks mm-hmm. at him, and he says, "Hi, Phoebe." the The sexual tension is of um, Ada, uh, of Andy Trudeau and crew levels. Like it is, oh, it is yeah. Good. And for somebody, mm-hmm, for somebody we're just meeting, it feels a little bit unearned mm-hmm. because we've never we've never heard of him before. Yeah, and you would think that, like, I mean, I think maybe they weren't really sure what they were going to do with this character. Um, cause he's, just, he, he gets mm-hmm. such a strong introduction. Their attraction is so strong. And, um, and I have to say like, he looks very familiar to me, um, as an actor, but maybe because like other actors, mm-hmm. like maybe a little Ryan Reynolds, you know, a touch of some, someone else. Um, but like this man is definitely a who, um, he's not a they, um, I don't know. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with who and they? No. Um, so in terms of levels of celebrity, the who's are people who you're like, who? Mm. And then the they's are people who are like, oh yeah, them. Ah. Yeah. Oh, smart. So like a who is like, 
you know, like the people on the Vanderpump rules, like some of them are, some of them mm-hmm. are like borderline bays because they're like the actual stars. And then the rest of them are like, wait, yeah. who's that one again? Like, uh, and like, they is really, they are really like people like Lupita Nyong'o and um, um, Chadwick Boseman after he became Black Panther. Yeah. But before, right, it right, would right. be like, who? Who's that? Some black guy. Yeah, okay. He was, he was <laughs> in a movie. Uh, what movie was that? I don't know. He was someone's friend. You know, right. who, who is it? Right, so right, this right. Victor Brown is, is definitely a who from the, like, from the 90s. Because I feel like I saw him in a bunch of things. He has a bunch of credits. Mm-hmm. Like he was in ER and, you know, other things. And he's just so handsome. And he looks, I feel like they were trying to make mm-hmm. him happen. And it just never happened. Oh, poor thing. You know? <laughs> so he's just going to be, a, he's just a who. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not that bad though. He has over 30 credits. So he's, he works, you know, he's been on CSI. He, you know, he, he, mm. there was some, he was on one life to live, you know, he, he was on a TV show called rescue 77. And I think that was his like big break. It was right around the time of charmed. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen rescue 77. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those TV shows that is just gone into the uh, abyss of... Oh, no. I've never heard. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard of it. Um, exactly. That's what I mean. Who? What? Where? <laughs> <laughs> you know who he also reminds me of? The guy from Vampire Diaries, but mm. like a more butch version. See, I've never seen that either. Well, there you go. Who? <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. Um, anyway, so he walks in. He's so sexy, and this is this is like mm-hmm. this is this is the um, this is the the coming to. So I feel like all of the things that we've been saying about Phoebe came to fruition, like in this episode. Like a man comes, he says hello, and Phoebe's like, "I love you. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything." We will. I mean, she hugs him and she's like, we're going to have sex at some point. Right. It's, it's already so steamy yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that, that we're just, we're there. We're just in it. So we just have to believe that there's this like deep connection. A lot of uh, steaminess has existed in their past, mm-hmm. but we're seeing some like problems crop up too. That it's like, it wasn't good. It was maybe a little toxic, but she's gonna, she's into it still. At least in a very, like, physical way. I mean, do you have exes that are like this in your life? Not in my life. No, not anymore. Um, I don't think I'd ever want to be with any of my exes again physically. Yeah. Even if it was just physical. I just, uh, Like, that's why I'm not with them. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to be with you, you know? Yeah, ex for a reason. Don't go back. Don't go back. Yeah. Um, but she like, she sees her ex and she just starts kissing him and, you know, having wine Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of stuff. And like, it doesn't take, that's what frustrated me in this episode. It doesn't take rocket science just to to know that Mm -hmm. when you start sniffing up that ex tree, it's real cute when they first come because you haven't seen them for a while. You remember mm-hmm. like the best looking parts of them. You forgot about the <laughs> hair on the back of their neck that they refused to shave or something like that. Um, you know, just like the the little imperfections kind of like fade away and time has made, has like refreshed, <laughs> freshened them up for you. Mm-hmm. 
and then and then maybe you sleep together and um the second that you're done with that good like you know haven't seen each other for a while sex or maybe or maybe just like make out um they mm-hmm. say something that triggers an old argument and they're just as bad as they were when you talk them. <laughs> right right and it's like oh wait that's right that's why this is wrong i don't want this yeah. i don't like this yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's what came up for me mm-hmm. in watching this show was I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, 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 you can't. Don't do it. But like, a like, a, like that scene in Austin Powers where the man gets rolled over by what is the slowest moving go-kart in the world. <laughs> um, Right. just a deer in headlights and she gets trampled by clay. Boom. All over the freeway. <laughs> Would you have believed him? Like he shows up out of nowhere. He says he's gotten himself into a bad way and then he wants you to sell something. Would you believe that he actually just bought it and it was innocent? No, I would have far less trust for that. Come on. That's just like, it's just all way too convenient. I mean, and it, it ends up like, you know, they're realizing it by the end of the show, but she's just like, for as problematic as it was when she was with him, she still is just like too willing to put those blinders mm. on and just like let's see the best in it. And it's like, uh, yeah. I and I mean, you, you mentioned that he was an archaeologist earlier. I don't think he was an archaeologist. I think he mm-hmm. was just some dude trying to steal something (laughs) but i think the funniest Mm -hmm. thing about it is like okay you know we live in the new york city area and i'm sure there have been moments where you know money gets tough but how bad could it be that you go to egypt and steal an urn because because you're like in new york city like that is that is expensive right absolutely and like and then also he's in such a bad way but he will literally just take whatever. Like he's like, sell the urn for whatever. I'm good. Just sell the urn. <laughs> like there's no number attached to it. So if she sold it for like ten thousand bucks. He's fine. Yeah, that's it, it, what a what a wild series of events for him. <laughs> like gives even less reason as to why he's in the current situation he is. But I mean, I'm glad they figure it out. But yeah, it just that's a part of it. It just feels like it takes too long. Because it's all so suspicious. Yeah, and for, like, none of the suspicions to be believed. Like, even Piper plays dumb, because, like, um, Prus, I mean, this is the the real reason. I have a new theory. My new theory is Mm. that the reason why they kill Prue is because she just had the best intuition. They couldn't have a successful hotline if they just mm-hmm. listened to Prue all the time. So they just had to kill her. You know, she right. she says to Piper, she's like, I have a bad <laughs> feeling about the urn, about Clay. And Piper's like, um, mm-hmm. Piper's like, uh, yeah, you just, you just don't think she's good enough. And you didn't think that Jeremy was good enough. And you ended up being right about that. But, you know, this is just a, this is just you being a sister that never thinks anyone's good enough. <laughs> and Prue's like, yeah, I guess... Um, you know, I'm allowed to be worried about her, but she has to make her own decisions. And it's like, no. Mm, no, <laughs> step in. Step in, do something, please. Oh, God. And you know what? I do have to say that, you know, when sometimes your family's right mm-hmm. or like your friend, 
the one that knows you really well and you're like you're confused about something mm-hmm. in your life and then you ask them for advice and then you don't listen to them like sometimes they are 100% correct mm-hmm. yeah you may not want to hear it but listen up because they love you uh, they're telling oh, you because oh you need God, to yeah. hear it I remember I was like uh, I did a similar thing I was with an, I was I had a, I was with this guy we broke up it was like one of those it's complicated situations where we were kind of dating. Then we actually got back together and started dating. And, you know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I was warned. <laughs> and then we had a fight mm. and I got really upset. My mom was like, no, 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 no. You can't go back. And I went back and then finally broke up, you know, a mm-hmm. weeks later. And you, know, you got to listen to those people yeah. that love you in your life. And they could be your sister. They could be your friend. It could be a stranger that you meet in an airport and you tell them about the situation. They're like, oh, hell no, boy or girl or they, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to take the hard advice yeah. sometimes. I mean, but either way, hopefully it plays out in a way where you survive it and you're stronger for it. Even if it's hard to get there, even if it's hard to like, listen to those things. Cause yeah, certainly I've yeah. been there too. Where I'm headstrong and, Gotta learn it myself, no matter what somebody <laughs> told me. Okay, so choice moment in the episode. Don't you love how they're eating like copious amounts of Chinese food, and yet we haven't seen a single Asian person basically <laughs> since that one episode with the Chinese people. <laughs> yeah, in Chinatown, yeah, right? like, that's the only the only place they exist. Uh, like none of them go to Quake. Diversity. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come on, y'all, do better. <laughs> maybe maybe the 90s San Francisco was like hella segregated. Like, we need a ruling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. That's oh possible. God. I'm going to text my friend oh, uh, that's from San Francisco and be like, hey, just question, is San Francisco segregated? Because, <laughs> like, I'm watching a TV show set in San Fran and <laughs> it's just a bunch of white people. <laughs> is this, yeah, is this reflective? Is this how it really is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, 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 you do. Oh, I was just going to get back to how we see Andy again. We do see Andy again. Yay. I feel like this is like a filler episode. Everything that happens on the side of this episode is just kind of to remind us of like threads throughout the series. Yeah. Leo's gone. Piper's just, you know, fussing over lovers. And then Andy comes by to say that he still loves her, which is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sweet. He still cares about her. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. I thought that was sweet to hear. And he, like, didn't make it super weird. Yeah. Which is good. But also, it's still just weird to say that. So, <laughs> it's a little inescapable. Um, well, yeah. what's also really ridiculous, though, is that at this point, the number of connections between Prue, Hallowell, and Buckland's and, like, murders all over San Francisco um, has led to no further police investigation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it keeps, they keep intersecting over and over with each other. I mean, but, <laughs> but no, nothing really, no FBI thing, no deeper investigation is ever involved. So maybe San Francisco is also so super dangerous. Yeah. That they just have to let it be what it is. Well, I mean, okay, the man dies and he has her card on him. This is, uh, uh, Clay's co-conspirator, find, you know, he comes, he talks to Clay, weirds out Phoebe, but she doesn't sniff any of the nonsense. Um, he goes home and he's killed by the guardian of the urn. 
the police find him and of course like, the police find him and it's of course it's Andy Trudeau no other detective can work on a homicide mm-hmm. in San Francisco than Andy Trudeau right <laughs> <laughs> It's always him. <laughs> I mean, I would get it if this was like a small town, but in San Francisco, I mean, that place is so huge and spread out. It's ridiculous. Um, but he mm-hmm. finds Prue's card with her name on it and he died. Like, it's just, you know, and then her only, um, he's like, she's like, he comes and he's like, hey, so this guy died and he had your card in it. And she's like, well, you know, I don't know who that is, but we just had an auction. So I met a lot of people. <laughs> like, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. maybe people who go to auctions God. at Buckland's die. I mean, um, the people that remember the family, um, uh, the, the, the dead wedding episode. Yeah. Yes. So in that episode, the, the mom bought a artifact from Buckland's just before the wedding. And then the bride ends mm-hmm. up like killing a priest at the place how would this not have come up in yeah. the police investigations? They're like, okay, well, let's let's sniff out the mom. Oh, it looks like she's just made some like choice expensive, you know, purchases from Buckland's, you know, and then Prue just like happens to be there on the day of the wedding with the knife. I'm, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it it all ties through it so much, and it's like, how is there not like a search and seizure of all of Buckland's assets? I mean, not to mention that. Just a couple episodes ago, the people who owned and operated it or whatever, Rex and Hannah, were like they had murdered the real ones and took their place. And it was yet another like a funnel of evil for evil to travel through. It's yeah, it's it's uh, it's like this nexus for all this wrong that happens in the show. And it's odd that there isn't something like with higher stakes, like an investigation surrounding Buckland at all times. Because everything bad seems to come from there. Yes. Everything bad seems to come from there. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like the Rex Buckland storyline, and I think I said this before, I think it Mm -hmm. was something that they thought they were going to use for longer, and then they decided to kill him. And maybe they kind of had Mm -hmm. it as like an initial storyline that they uh, were going to have. And then if the series got canceled, they wouldn't have to do anything with it. Because um, it definitely comes to a head, yeah. almost like a mid-season finale, um, and then in the wake of that, they literally have no plot to rest on. Like Buckland's is barely a business. Nope. They introduce, oh my god, um, what's her name? Christine Rose. Um, this woman is mm-hmm. so. I mean, she's like TV royalty. She's a she's a woman who has worked her butt off on TV. I'm so proud of her. I'm so in awe of her. Yeah, she's been on everything under the sun. Um, she's, she was in Heroes, Big Love. Yeah, that's, that's where I know her. I know her most from Heroes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, uh, Petrelli, um, the mom. Um, mm-hmm. Angela Petrelli. Yeah, she's so She good. was also Bitsy, who I think is Chandler Bain's mom in Friends. Right? Oh. Am I right? I have never watched Friends. Um, you, what? Yeah. You, you. How about that? Uh, her, uh, uh, okay. Um, okay i'm i'm breathing i'm alive the world has not ended i i assume now can you please just explain like your level to of non-friendship i've never watched an episode i'm aware of it 
and I know everybody's watched it, but I haven't. I still don't understand. <laughs> Have you watched a clip? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. It's, it, it's it's okay. So you I think I could I could probably like name them. I think <gasps> you can't even name the character. I I said I I think I can probably name them. Okay. Uh, and like I know the jokes are like the surrounding how like Ross and Rachel are always like on and off again. Like I know I know a lot of context about yeah. it. Yeah. I just don't like I I just have never watched it. I know Joey's an actor and like the stupid one. Uh yeah. I mean, but you're just I know I know I know things like that. It's just but it's so shocking. Like it's like it's like I can feel how sparse <laughs> your knowledge is like through the microphone (laughs) and I just, it just, Oh my God. I just, I grew up with the show and it just, it's so special to me. (laughs) I just can't believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, what did you watch? Uh, well, there are a lot of shows, so I watched other things. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So like, what was your go-to sitcom comedy when you were growing up? Oh God. I don't know. I mean, I loved Roseanne growing up. That's probably my favorite one. Okay. Roseanne. Yeah, that, that, um, that was a thing. Gosh, I'm not sure. It's hard to remember. I don't know. I watched a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Look, obviously, everyone's entitled to, you know, either watch something or not watch something. It just seems so funny that... Yeah, it's, it, I mean, yeah, it's weird to find people who haven't, like, watched or seen a touchstone like that. Like that, uh, just things that are so watched. Yeah. It's always, yeah, a little weird to find people who have You're like a friend's virgin. I am. <laughs> this is like a magical moment. Like, I feel like one day you're going to sit down and you're going to watch Friends and you're going to be like, this show is just... I love it. It's, I mean, it's, it's really lovable. This show is just, it's so funny. It's the template mm-hmm. for ensemble casts ever since then. You know, because it had like six stars. That's so rare. Right, right, right. And um, I mean, obviously... They started it off like a regular TV show where like there really were only like two or three stars. It was really just like, you sure. know, Courtney Cox, Rachel and Ross. And then everyone else was kind of like an accessory to murder. Well, not murder, mm. but an accessory. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after that, it actually became like where, you know, you're doing the series for so long that everyone's side stories become, you know, really powerful and meaningful. And the characters evolve into mm. into the, the people that we know and love. It's kind of like in the beginning of Will and Grace, um, Jack... Um, Jack and Karen were, you know, not real characters. Have you not watched that as well? No, I've watched a lot of movies. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, they were the friends of the main characters, but then it became very quickly like, it was like, no, it's yeah, all four yeah, of them. Yeah. Anyway, so Christine Rose is, a, she's, a, she's, she's a they. Like, you see her, you know she's done some stuff. When you when you remember heroes, you're like, oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. This is a real star gracing our gracing our midst, and she holds the scene wonderfully. She just plays she plays such a lovely snobby woman. Oh, oh, totally. She's totally good, and like I immediately am rooting for her. She talks to Prue in this way, which mm-hmm. is curt and whatever, but that just means she's to the point. She's here because Buckland needs this kind of person. And if Prue wants to have any sort of, like, stability, then she better be on board with it. <laughs> I know, but, like, the way that she creates the stability is just unbelievable. Like, what auction house can just 
up and move $1.2 million worth of merchandise in the mid-90s. Right. Yeah, and that that's a thing too. Yeah, she doesn't like get how you got to have an auction sale. You got to get the word out way ahead of time. So that part was like a little crazy for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's like they would clear out their entire inventory unless they have like legit Picassos just hanging around. Right, right. The plausibility of Rex Buckland having an auction house, running it into the ground, no one being aware, and then when he disappears, the bank mm-hmm. comes in to save it. I was like, they are working hard to keep this Buckland thing going. It's like, no wonder Ku eventually <laughs> has to quit because she, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, because now the bank is running the auction house. Like, do banks, I mean, I guess banks do take over businesses, but do they... Do they right. do it by like giving it basically its new CEO? Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like you'd hire someone from that. Yeah. Good question. And also like how that just might be different for auction houses because they're dealing with things that are sold and appraised. It's like a different kind of product, a different kind of market. Yeah. Cause it deals with like old, old things that a bank can't just seize because you need specialists who can determine the value of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, that's, that's a very interesting thing to explore like what happens when an auction house can't sustain itself because it's full of things that are very valuable. Yeah. And usually they're selling it for other people. Like I I don't know if auction houses actually like own the things that they have. I feel like if if they were bad, I I guess they, they must not. I'm going to, I'm going to look up auction houses just to like inquire, but I'm pretty sure that their, their purpose is to sell other people's stuff. So if they like lost their reputation, people would just take their stuff back. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's what I would expect unclear um anyway so um so somewhere in this narrative (laughs) clay um clay's friend gets killed and they and they figure out that there really is a uh, guardian of the urn and it's out to kill anyone that's stolen it and Mm -hmm. um the charmed ones have the decision like you know are they are they gonna protect clay and get killed themselves or you know uh, are they going to be able to vanquish the demon? I mean, the guardian, right? The curse, whatever. And the mystery thickens with that because they know that like, okay, well now they know it's magical. So they've got to be involved for sure. Mm-hmm. And they see that all this was uncovered. It was all a plot, a ploy, but he's still, he's, they're realizing that clay is like, it wasn't out of evil. It was out of desperation. He knew he'd be spreading the curse. So he, or passing it on. So he, couldn't say that outright but at the same time it wasn't like something he did on purpose either because he didn't oh, no. he didn't know about the curse right right so he didn't know it would follow him he just knows he has to get rid of it yeah he he knew that he was stealing something expensive and that he was going to get money and that was that in in clay's world that's that's all he needs but because mm-hmm. it's stolen he also has to get rid of it really quickly because you can't keep something that's stolen especially if it's hot like, you know, there's like an APB on it. Yeah. But he didn't know about the curse. And that's where the healing and redemptive powers of the charm ones come into play. Because this is where he has a choice. He can be a bad man that steals things for money. Or he can <laughs> save his ex-girlfriend from being killed by a CGI spider. Mm-hmm. Make a choice. <laughs> 
this is where I feel like I was watching it and I was just like, I don't like that Phoebe is so dumb. <laughs> it's not even dumb. Like she's so deluded by this man. And I, I always like to call it uh, with my friends. I would say like, don't fall in love with the D or like, don't get like whipped, you know? Mm-hmm. don't get so into someone that when your own sister tells you that he gave you a stolen urn that you're like oh well there must be some other explanation right no just trust me god your sister over some dick you used to date come on no yeah i, I was like i was like trust trust your family mm-hmm. Phoebe doesn't believe her she goes and confronts him and it's not until he tells her he's like yeah i stole it that she actually gets mad <laughs> um and and then (laughs) sorry i just think it's just so funny so she goes over and she's like do you have something that you want to tell me because i know i just basically put myself on the line for you in front of my sisters and then he confesses to her he's like i'm so sorry like i didn't realize it would get you in trouble you know i'm gonna turn (laughs) myself in like i'm but i'm uh i'm gonna turn myself in with the urn but i have to steal it back from your sister and then the most confusing Mm -hmm. thing happens um Phoebe gets an image in her, she gets a premonition that he's going to be stung by a snake at Buckland's. It's very clear. It's in Prue's office. So he takes, so she takes him to Buckland's because that's where the premonition happened. I was like, like, just don't go to Buckland's. Mm -hmm. If the premonition happens at Buckland's, don't go. Right. But it's like, well, I gotta go somehow, some way, and it's gotta come true. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it would be much more plausible if she saw a snake without seeing him. Uh-huh. And then she thought, like, oh, my God, the urn is going to attack Prue because Prue's at Buckland. Right, right, right. So then they go to like, try and save Prue rather than the whole, like, they go there, they confront the beast, mm-hmm. uh, the guardian. Prue realizes that, like, her magic doesn't really work on the guardian. Yeah. So she, you know, then they run home and then he runs back by himself. Right, like that that would be the way to circumvent the premonition coming true. Yeah. Like prevent it, but still he'd be there. Yeah, but I mean, and it does like change how things go a little bit, but it's not necessarily exactly what happens. I mean, it's just, she doesn't, it's like her premonition doesn't show her the whole picture. It's like a hint, you know? So, and then that's that's what we lead right into because they go Mm -hmm. and the guardian comes out like, Mm -hmm. like was expected because they're trying to solve mm-hmm. this whole thing. And the snake appears, because she, the guardian magics it for, what is it, a rope? A bracelet? Uh, well, like, all of the, all of the, all of the arachnids or reptilians that the guardian uses to kill people are just jewels that are on her. It's right. She, like, she, like, takes off this, like, bracelet thing and then throws it. It's this humongous king cobra. Yeah. The premonition's about to come true. It goes to strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Charmed Ones run in. I'm like, I'm like reviewing it right now. And then yeah. he, he protects Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. And the selfless act was mm-hmm. all it took to break the curse. Mm-hmm. I do like how they couldn't find the urn in the Book of Shadows. Because I'm like, there's no way that like in the past, every single demon has come like has. Because the Book of Shadows is supposed to be collective knowledge from the experience of witches over time. Right, so, right, right. Like, there's no way that, like, these, you know, Massachusetts witches that made their way to San Francisco know every single artifact in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there has to be some sort of, like, foreign things that they don't know about. So I think it's kind of cool that, like, they didn't really know about what the urn situation was, but they do know that a selfless act, because this urn seems to feed off of people's greed. Mm-hmm. 
once the person can shed their greed, they kind of defeat the urn. Right. So, I mean, yeah, and then we, we see that play out. So that's good. And then, it, I mean, it wraps up pretty quickly from there on out. Like, we see that he can improve or, like, wants to be a better guy. They're back at, uh, they're back at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and we're, we're getting a conclusion to that, like, little side bit that uh, Piper's been helping with. Because earlier, I don't think we touched on it again, but she Piper tries to give the the guy at the restaurant more confidence, but then mm-hmm. it turns him into like this hyper overconfident guy yeah. and he's wowing all the ladies, but it's like way too much, way too far. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting a conclusion to that though. At the end here, they're back at the restaurant and we find out that he was going to propose to her, but had been too nervous and she broke up with him because she was sick of waiting and then it all works out. Well, I mean, we knew that, but like Piper just didn't go that route. It was just when right. Shannon Doherty was like, "Well, you know, we realized that like we can't, we can't make people change. They have to change themselves." So she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, the thing that people are ignoring is that he wanted to propose to her." This is like how you remember in the other episode we were talking about how truth can set people free. It's like, mm-hmm. the problem was, is that he just wasn't being honest with his girlfriend about how he wanted to propose to her. The second that he did that, all of the problems stopped. Mm-hmm. Cause he did it himself. Yeah. So, you know, again, honesty is the best policy. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, I need that in my life. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And uh, same thing for clay. Like if you'd just been honest about stealing the urn, I'm sure they could have circumvented a lot of this process. Uh, oh right, right. Yeah, and then um, and you said, as you said, like the the episode wraps up really fast with a lot of plot holes, gaping hole like wide open. It's 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 almost as if like a hurricane passed in New York, broke a bunch of you know like you know toppled a couple buildings, and we woke up the next day and we're like, okay, we're just gonna go back to work because mm. um, a, a, a stolen urn is at Buckland's, right? It magically (laughs) disappears from Buckland, even though Customs is supposed to be, or maybe Prue hadn't called Customs yet. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, she said she was going to, but we never saw her do it. Okay, maybe that's how, because like literally like she says she has to notify Customs because the urn is stolen Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to like come and give it back and then it magically goes back to Egypt. (laughs) Right, if it could do that the whole time, why didn't it just do it before? Well, I mean, that's part of the curse. It kills people and then it goes home. Ah, (laughs) Oh, but like his selfless act broke the curse. So now it just, its job was done. It went away. No, 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 no. It, it went back home. It didn't go away. <laughs> oh yeah. It went back home. Yeah. But like, it's just funny that like, okay, the urn is stolen. Now it's returned, but no one, nothing. There are no consequences in the real world. Like there's mm-hmm. no explanation. Prue doesn't have to explain to her boss why the urn is disappeared. <laughs> um, you know, like the boss knows there's a stolen urn, you know, mm-hmm. and, She's a pretty thorough person. You know, she mm-hmm. wants $1.2 million worth of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, oh, yeah, forget about the urn. I got rid of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I just, I feel like this was a one and done episode. Nothing, yeah. that, nothing exists here will ever be referred back to. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a filler. Yeah, I think so. Just because it was like a, this is the adventure. We're in, we're out. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and it was so like resolute. There, there was no like overarching 
story progression. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes. Are you up to date? Yes. This episode was the episode in between the Battle of Winterfell and the Battle of King's Landing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's what this is. Where it's like where you're watching people eat one meal for forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like. It feels like. Yeah. None of the plots have anything to do with the greater overarching storyline, and yeah, you know, everyone just keeps on keeping on. Here's a great example. Andy walks in, says he still loves Prue, and then leaves. And that's it. Yep. Nothing happened. <laughs> you know, like, nothing happened that yeah. we didn't know before and that we won't know after. It just, it just reminds us that he's there and that's it. That's it. It was probably like part of his pay grade, like you will appear in this many episodes. So therefore you have to give him a lot. Yeah. They, they worked him in a little bit. As one of the leads. Uh, I don't know. Um, gosh. Okay, well, I guess since this is a filler episode, that was the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and then it was just, boop, we're out. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, do you have any lessons, any final thoughts? I mean, I don't know what else this episode Be representative. Even if you think you are, do it more, like, diverse actually represent things that would be accurate, even if it's fiction. Um, that's, that's true. That's like, that's, I guess that's it. That's a, X's are X's for a reason. Oh, yes. Yes. Do not bring them back. Do not call them. Do not sleep with them. Because um, that will just bring all, all those emotions back. Do we have an episode where we discussed fuckboys? I think so. Uh, I'm sure it's come up. Nah, let's just leave that alone. I mean, because that's clearly yeah. that's clearly what Clay is. But like, I mean, we mm-hmm. all know that th- those types of guys are like good for nothing anyway. So it's like whatever. Right. I think the only thing that really is important about this episode is that Charmed is a soap opera, and Clay is clearly a soap opera star that mm-hmm. has graced our screens with wanted wanted a prime time some episode of something somewhere. Yeah. And he and he lived. He lived for this episode. He was a star. He was. He shone bright. Yeah, and he's only fifty. So you know, if, if anyone's looking for a nice, Ooh. hot, you know, fifty-year-old. Oh wait, he's married. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the episode. <laughs> we will um, we will be back next week where we discuss uh, the Wendigo. This is actually really cool. Oh, Wendigo. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, no, that that episode is actually really good. We're really excited for next week because it gets hairy. It gets wild. There's a weird connection between this episode and an episode of uh, Supernatural, which is also a WB episode. Um, And uh, we get back to the the Piper and Leo storyline, which is great. Yay, I love them. Yeah, yeah, I think. Anyway, um, well, I guess we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. All right. Okay, so. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow, we've been through it with that one. You know, sometimes there are, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes there are moments where we talk about things that are very important and life-changing and, um, you know, moments, milestones. Yeah. Yeah, very, very important ones. This was not one of them. No, it was not. Uh, <laughs> this one, it, I mean, it had some, I mean, it was just, it was in and out. It was just uh, one story, nothing that deals with the show beyond a level of just like, oh, what are we doing this week? That's all. Nothing real. Like some some small attempts to be like, 
mentioning Andy for a moment. We saw him for a second, but nothing else dealt with anything uh, in the show at large. Mm-hmm. It was just a little, a little peek into a little adventure. Just, just a little sample. A little, little, mm-hmm. little it's like a, mm, you know what it is? It's like a, it was like a pop chip. Oh yeah. A, okay. A light snack. A light snack. That's not satisfying. It does not give you what it is that it promises to be. And yet it exists right. anyway. Yeah, totally. I mean, I want things to at least be appetizers, you know? Oh, yeah. I want a little mm-hmm. little, little oyster or some shrimp with coconut. Uh, I, need a, I need a dipping sauce of a subplot, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want a light snack that I'm done with in two minutes. A dipping sauce of a subplot. Mm-hmm. That is... That's, that's what I need. That is a golden golden way to talk about you know writing something that's entertaining it has to be a dipping Mm -hmm. sauce it has to make the thing that you're eating so much better yeah yeah. oh that's i need that sprinkled in there that's oh my god that is a bit because you know it's like it's like it's like one of those moments where you're like i just need to stir the pot here and i feel like i do that in my own life like on a really boring day um, at work, sometimes I'll find something that really funny that's happened to someone and usually someone that like, we don't really care for, you know, how they're like, they're always annoying people at work that like no one ever likes. It's like barely bad at their job. <laughs> so then I'll like, I'll make a little observation, but I won't talk about it immediately. I'll kind of like sit on it and then I'll wait for a moment mm-hmm. where I can just, you know, it's kind of like boring or, you know, the lull has died down and it's clearly going to be a boring part of the night. I'll just go over to my friend. I'm like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have something that we need to talk about, but we can't talk about it here. We have to go <laughs> by the, the coffee machine. And, you know, it just, it makes the, the giving of the, the sort of juicy secret that much better. And it makes it more mm-hmm. intimate. And then we can just giggle about it for the rest of the night. You know, you gotta, you gotta add something to make it more exciting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Provide, provide a little bit of entertainment to something that would otherwise be maybe boring or empty. The drama, the gravitas, the, the, the accentuation. That is what we need in life. And this episode only had tiny pieces. Yes. And I, I want to I want to thank you for being the dipping sauce of my day. <laughs> my pleasure. I'm just I'm just ranch. <laughs> if I was a dipping sauce, I think it'd be ranch. I'm just ranch. Uh, you are you are my dipping sauce, you are my ranch, you are my <laughs> co-conspirator in, you know, witchcraft shenanigans. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm verklempt <laughs> and awed and just so grateful. Good, me too. <laughs> All right, well, we I, I will see you next week for some hair reaction. Oh yeah, sounds good. We're going to watch that transformation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, see you, uh, listeners. We love you. Keep the comments coming on our Instagram. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep loving. Um, mm-hmm. And what did you say, friends, gals, pals, and binary non-binary? Oh, pals. oh yeah, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. We love you. We really do. Mm-hmm. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.